This is an AMI podcast. My videographer, his name is Gil. He's like, he's like my brother. Like he's, he's like, that's my guy. Um, he was like, yo, bro, you okay? But then at the same time, he was like trying not to laugh. But once he saw me laughing, it was just like, he started laughing. He's like, yo, you went down hard, bro. You went down hard. <laughs> Love is better given when it's worth nothing. Now you take it how you want. I hope you learn something. Family first, cause life never came with clone buttons. Everybody Well, hello and welcome. This is Low Vision Moments. It is the podcast all about those sometimes frustrating, potentially embarrassing, but often pretty comical things that happen when you are just going about your day with a visual impairment blindness, or in my case, albinism. I'm Jenny Bovard. I am the host of this year podcast, and we are age 36. This is episode number 36. We're creeping up to my actual age here. There's a little sport that I might have mentioned a couple of times on the podcast before. The sport is called goalball, and it is the only team sport intended specifically for athletes who are blind or visually impaired. Again, I might have talked about it once or twice on the podcast, but in the world of sport, I took up playing goalball later in life in my 20s. I'm still playing now, and being involved has had so many positive and so many positive impacts and and just really drastic ways that it has shaped my life. And one example of that would be the huge number of connections that I've made through traveling to different competitions and different events. I've made some amazing connections with some really impressive human beings. And I'm really pumped to have one of those impressive human beings with me here today, all the way from Brooklyn, New York. I have Jaron Black, also known in the music world as Jay Dollars. Welcome so much to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate being here today with you guys. I have not called you J-Ron a day in my life uh, in the um, goalball community. <laughs> yeah, everybody calls me black. And um, I think one of my favorite lines I always tell people is like, hey, you know, they call me black. It's not racist. Don't worry about it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and everybody would just be taken aback. Like, what? Like, they call you what? And I'd be like, yeah, it's my last name. Don't worry about it. It's not racist. Like, you would call me black. So I don't know what it says about me, but I never thought about it like that. It's just, that's just what everyone called you. And I hope this doesn't upset you, but when I try to say J-Ron, I want to say it in like a French accent, like Jaron, and I don't know why. So I just had to get that out of my system. <laughs> That might be dope. I've never heard it in a French accent, so I might might have to check into that a little bit more. Might have to take a, a trip or something. A little alter ego for you there. So what else do you want the listeners and viewers to know about you? That's a pretty long list of uh, things that I can talk about myself, but uh, some of my uh, greatest highlights when you talk about goalball is uh, me being an athlete and me playing a sport that is uh, very uh, specific and unique to people who are blind and visually impaired. And uh, just trying to be the best that I can be at that sport. Um, I've had the luxury uh, and the privilege of going to uh, Brazil to compete against some of the best uh, talent in the world uh, with Team USA. This was back in 2018. But uh, my primary my primary life is uh, music. I went to school for audio engineering. I'm a songwriter. I'm an artist. And I love uh, conveying stories uh, through music. And music for me is like therapy. And so I try to just 
deliver good music that it can help people in their day-to-day life. And so if you think about it, everything I've been doing for my entire life because I'm visually impaired is uh, with my ears, whether it's playing sports or doing music, it's all relying on my hearing as opposed to relying on my eyes. So, And you've been yeah. making music for a really long time. How long have you been rapping and making music? My career kind of started out with me wanting to be a, um, a DJ when I was very young. My father um, and my uncles, they used to uh, DJ at like nightclubs and events and stuff like that. And my father didn't really DJ, but he, you know, my uncles and, and him all would go and he would help them carry like the crates because this was back in the days when they had crates and crates of records and the big speakers that they would take with them everywhere. And so um, that's what I started out wanting to be. And so I had turntables and, uh, you know, just all of these different albums. And that's where the love just kind of grew from music. So I would say I've been doing this from at least from when I can remember about six, seven years old. I had one of those baby drum sets in my room. So music has been in my blood, you know, for over 20 years, for sure. Wow. And I can say for myself that I feel most comfortable in my life when I'm like in front of a microphone or to to a lesser extent in front of a camera. I like you, I, I find sort of a comfort and a therapy there. And for me, I don't really know exactly why. I haven't quite put my finger on it yet, but I'm most comfortable speaking into a microphone. And like you, I've been sort of telling stories and for me attempting to make the people around me laugh since I was a kid. I used to set up my dad's old RCA video camera, had the tape that went in it, and I would force my friends or no, rather, I would encourage my friends. I'd encourage them. (laughs) Yeah, that's the word. Uh, We would perform these funny skits and I would film them and I would make these parody funny radio shows with my cassette recorder. And I have been fortunate enough myself to have many years now experience working in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, uh, but also behind the scenes in a lot of different capacities. And I've had a lot of fun. But speaking for for myself, uh, no matter how long you do something or how much experience you have or how comfortable you feel in a setting, in an industry, I've learned that there's still a chance that I could cock it up. Right. (laughs) There's still a chance. And with blindness and low vision, whatever your preferred terminology is, that sort of adds to that possibility of fucking things up. So one example happened right here on this podcast, not this episode, but an episode not too long ago with a guest who is a pretty well-known name. I was really excited to have them on and get a chance to get to know them and pick their brain as someone who worked in entertainment. And I so, so, so prepared in advance. We recorded. It went really well. After we said our goodbyes, after recording, I went to play things back. And, you know, you review things. You want to hear how it sounded. Did it go as well as I thought it did? To my utter shock and horror, there was absolutely no video. Oh, my God. Just audio. Just audio. Wow. So I'm kind of freaking out at this point. I contact my technical and emotional support people. And after some investigating and losing my shit a little bit, it turned out that I had my computer zoomed in so far that when I was reviewing the settings ahead of time in the application we record in, 
I was zoomed in so far that I missed a complete row of toggle switches on one side. And one of those toggle switches said audio only. <laughs> and I had, it was my fault entirely, but I am going to claim a low vision moment because I was zoomed in so far. Uh, I had recorded something audio only in the weeks before and didn't switch it back. Didn't switch it back. So it was a little painful. It could not be salvaged. We had to re-record the entire episode, but the guest was super understanding. They were really graceful, uh, not graceful. They were gracious, I think is the word I was looking for. Right. And the other really cool thing there was this person, I got to spend a little bit of extra time with that guest re-recording the episode. It was a bit of a blessing in disguise because he's actually since passed away and may, oh, wow. yeah, may, may Daryl Lennox rest easy. He was a great guy. That's, that's, that is a crazy story, but now you have audio and you have a video episode to kind of go back on for memories and to even share with his fans and supporters, right? Like, maybe one day you can put together a, a, a video montage of like different moments in his life and just put like audio clips behind it uh, from the interview that you had with him to just show the significance of the impact that he had. Because I'm pretty sure like when he came on the first time, he said things a little bit differently than he said the second time. So um all of those things could be important and be useful one day in the future. You're so obviously an artist because this is exactly what we've talked about doing in 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 sort of one way or another. When the time is right, we're going to release some bonus stuff and and really, you know, prop him up in the way that he should be. He was an amazing person, a very funny guy. But right. let's keep it light. Let's let's talk about <laughs> you now. Jaron, let's talk about you, uh, Mr. Dollars. Has anything ever gone terribly sideways in the recording studio or in the music making process for you? Uh, things always go sideways. <laughs> I think that's um, that's definitely a part of life. Um, so I have a I have a uh, semi funny story about an edible because you know my life is still kind of wild sometimes and stuff like that. Um, so one time I went. Uh, and I was like getting my hair done because I have like my locks are wild right now, but I have a, I have locks back here on my head somewhere. Um, so um, I was getting my hair done and uh, my friend, she had made like edible brownies and, you know, she makes them from scratch, but apparently she makes them very strong. <laughs> now I'm, I had a minuscule piece, a very small piece of this edible because I don't really take edibles like that anymore because um, it's a, it's a whole different type of, it's, it's very physical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I took this edible and I went home to get ready for the studio. And when I got home, I just like started eating a whole bunch of grapes that I had in the refrigerator and I'm standing in the kitchen eating grapes. And then like, I just felt my vision getting super clear. Right. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm getting high for sure. So now I'm looking at my phone and for context, if you can see my phone in my hand, like I'm looking at it and I'm just like there and I'm just like tapping very slow, like trying to order my ride and stuff like that. And uh, I have it super close to me, but at the same time, I feel like it's not that close. And I feel like, oh, my vision is getting better because it's like everything is so clear, right? But I'm tapping everything super close, like uh, super slow to book this Uber. So I get in the Uber, I go to the studio and like in the Uber ride, it's like this big truck 
and it's super dark and i'm just like hey i should just go to sleep in this back seat right now you know what i'm trying to say like that's kind of like what i'm thinking in my head like i should just go to sleep um i get to the studio and i'm waiting for one of my friends because we're working on a project together and i'm listening to one of the songs we have and like i'm just like sitting there like the way i'm sitting in this chair and like i got my eyes closed and i'm going through space like i'm seeing all types of colors and everything like i'm just like yo like i'm like i'm so I, when he gets there i'm like yo bro I'm, I'm not gonna lie i'm high like i don't know what to do but i'm high i'm gonna figure it out right i go to try to make the song i can't rap <laughs> i can't rap like i'm rapping behind the beat everything so i tell him i say yeah you know what i am going to i'm gonna go home you can finish the session do whatever you have to do and i'm gonna come back the next day I went home, mind you, it's like eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock the latest. I go home, I went to sleep. I woke up at like 12 a.m. and I'm just mad. And it's the weekend, so everybody's up, they're partying, and I wake up in the dark room at like 12 o'clock at night and I'm just upset with myself. I'm like, I didn't have no business taking this edible. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, so, like, that's one of the stories off the top of my head where, like, every aspect was in play, right? Like, me having to do music my vision thinking that I'm it's getting clearer like hey like this might be the, the the cure I've been looking for my entire life to my visual impairment right like um and then um just not being able to rap and and one thing I, I always say to myself is like if I can't rap in the studio then I can't do that particular thing anymore right whatever that thing was that made me not be able to rap in the studio I can't do it because I always have to be able to perform wherever I'm at so Needless to say, I haven't taken an edible since then. So, what stands out to me in that story is the your vision getting clearer, and and I've I've eaten an edible or two in my time, but they don't have they don't have that effect on on me. Maybe I'm eating the wrong edibles, but <laughs> I don't get any visuals. It's really just kind of a little bit more physical, heavy arm kind of thing for me. It, they're okay. They help me go to sleep if if need be, but. With the vision getting clearer, I have been there and you probably can't relate because this is a putting makeup thing, putting makeup on type thing. But I have this little makeup mirror and it's like, I don't know how many times magnification, very strong magnification mirror. And it has two sides and one side is stronger than the other. So some mornings I'm still kind of out of it. And I'll have it on the lesser magnification side. And I'd be like, shit, my vision is getting worse. Like, I don't remember being <laughs> this blind yesterday. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I wonder if that's a common thing. I'll, I would love to hear from people watching or listening. Have you, you, have you partaken in a substance or eaten something or drank something that has, has bettered your vision? And if so, do tell because we're still looking for a cure for... Uh, many different eye conditions. <laughs> right. For everything, we're looking for the cure still. Trust me. So. <laughs> but yeah, that that was definitely one uh, one crazy story. And then, I mean, I've, I've, I've countless stories of just like tripping and falling and twisting ankles because I didn't see something or I just missed something. I remember this one time. Um, I left my, my good friend. His name is Macho. Um, and he's like in a wheelchair, unfortunately, like he, he got shot when he was like 13, 14 years old. And now he's like, he doesn't really have use of 90% of his body. Um, but long story short, I left his house one day and like, 
I went to like step into the street to get into an Uber and it was like this grate like uh to like to drain the water, uh like the rainwater. And like I've I've stepped past this thing plenty of times in my life, like leaving his house, but this one particular day I just I stepped and I went down and I went down hard in the street. <laughs> and and like I was so upset with myself. And like my um my videographer, his name is Gil. He's like, he's like my brother. Like he's he's like, that's my guy. Um, he was like, yo, bro, you okay? But then at the same time, he was like trying not to laugh. But once he saw me laughing, it was just like he started laughing. He's like, yo, you went down hard, bro. You went down hard. Cause I'm a big guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm six three. Uh, well, right now I've been losing weight, so I'm about 215, but probably this was like, I was like 240 pounds and I was, I went down like, boom, like it was crazy. You tower so, over got, me. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm a big guy. So it's just like, I went, I went down and, and, and that's, you know, sometimes like that, those are the visual things. It's like one day you could know something is there, but just visually you'll just step the wrong way or do something the wrong way visually and it'll be over you know well it's because it's one of those things that i think people with good vision often take for granted is you know you just glance at things when you can see things well and we don't have that advantage so we're like you i know where all the potholes and where all the weird curbs are in the areas that i know well but you know some days your brain is elsewhere you know you're thinking about something else and you you like you said you go down hard and in the moment you're like well <laughs> shit they're gonna think i ate like too many edibles or you know what i mean and it's and in the moment it's really embarrassing and you know if you're in a busy spot then it's like you got a whole audience as well but chances are you know maybe a couple people saw you and then and then they neither they probably either think very little of it or don't even you know, really care. Like they don't know you, they're probably not going to see you again. And you just go on with your day, right? We talk about this a lot that it's embarrassing in the moment, but then you just, you got to move on and go on with it. But we, we have mentioned that we know each other through goalball. I don't know. In the times that we've encountered each other, you're just like this warm, easy to talk to person, but that wow. doesn't really speak to the sport of goalball. It's not a warm and fuzzy no, it's not. It's a, it's a very, it's a very physical game in itself. And then off the court, it's very much so political um, as every, as every sport is right. NBA, NFL, whatever, right? Like it's very political. You can be one of the best players in the, in the country and then still not get noticed because of um, unfortunately the color of your skin or the life choices you make or whatever the case may be. Right. And um some of these things I've experienced personally and uh, you know, obviously I'm gonna keep it lighthearted, but at the same time, it's like, I, I tell people all the time, like, just be aware of, of what, what your the choices that you're making that may impact somebody else. Right. Because again, uh, you know, you come from, Can uh, from Canada, I come from New York and that's the U S and um, our politics for gold ball are very different. Uh, the way that gold balls ran in Canada is very different than it is ran in the U S and, um, but it's a very brutal sport. Um, it's, it's a sport that I would tell everybody here that's watching the podcast to definitely check out. 
Um, it's played on a court that is nine by 18 meters. Uh, all of the players are blindfolded so that it's an equal playing field. And if you imagine somebody uh, with a bowling ball and the way that they would roll a bowling ball and how fast a bowling ball moves down the lane is approximately how fast some of the harder throwers in the, in the uh, country in the world throw. Uh, some guys have been clocked in throwing 50 miles an hour and you have to block that ball with your body almost like the same way you would block a soccer ball with your body. So just kind of put those visual things into your mind and then go type it in on YouTube, G-O-A-L-B-A-L-L on YouTube, and you'll see a whole bunch of videos. Oh, man, you described that so perfectly. Thank you for doing that because I was going to kind of do that, and and that was very helpful. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to add to the brutality of the sport I've seen a lot of injuries along the way as well. It's not when you describe it to people, I think it's difficult for them to to visualize and to understand how fast paced it can be and how easy it is, it could be to get injured if you're not doing things correctly. Oh yeah. I've gotten several injuries playing goalball, some of which I still deal with to this day. Dislocated my finger. Uh one time I threw a ball. Um this was in Utah, maybe I don't know, 2015, 2014-ish. And um, I was playing against one of our better players in the country. And I don't mind name dropping the guys that I actually love uh, who I watch playing the, the sport. Um, Tyler Merring. I was playing against Tyler Merring, and I had a team, and we were losing. And it's like, uh, for the lack of better words, me and him were shooting it out. So we were just going back and forth, scoring goals, and like trying to just win this game. And I remember... I went and I I was playing center and I threw a ball and I was wearing like gloves. And I remember just my hand, I guess I scooped the ball too low to the ground and I hit my hand on the ground. And I just remember throwing that ball. And then I just stood there and I was like, I broke my hand. I broke my finger. Rather. I was like, I broke my finger. That's all I said. Like, no, no, like no, no screaming, no panic. And I was just like, I broke my finger. And then there was just like, all right, like officials time. Uh, you know, they took me out the game. I came out the game. Um, like my knuckle was like pushed all the way back and then they had to get the trainer and the trainer came. She pulled it, popped it back into place while the game was going on. She taped my finger, um, taped like two of my fingers together and I went right back in the game, but I thought it was broke. You know, I legit thought it was broke and I played the rest of the tournament with, uh, uh, you know, with my finger, they popped it back into place, but it was like I, I thought it was broken. Obviously, it swelled, it swelled up right after that and everything. But I still played the rest of the tournament. And that's just some of the brutality. And I've been really lucky compared to you by the sounds of things. I think we've all had those moments where we've we've kind of hit the floor with the, with our fingers in, in the wrong way. And you get that twinge of pain. But I was injured once. Not it's, I shouldn't even call it an injury. But I was hurt once. And I didn't even realize I was hurt. This was at one of the, I'm sure you've been to this tournament a number of times, the one in Michigan. They didn't hold it last year. Yes, I love that. Yes, they're host, hosting it next year. Just putting the plug out there for all of the goalballers who are watching. The Michigan tournament is coming oh, back. Oh, thank God. 2024 or? Oh, yes. yes. Okay, good. Well, I hope to be there. But it, this was at that tournament. And I can't recall if it was a semifinal game or a medal game. But it was it was intense. And I was playing in the right wing. And I thought, I, okay, I'm a sweater. All right. I sweat. I it's no secret. We're human. But this one game, I was 
feeling the ground in front of me because to situate and orient ourselves in the sport of goalball, there are taped lines on the floor that are tactile. So we can use our feet and our hands to orient ourselves on the court. So I'm zipping back to my wing after throwing the ball and put my fingers down to make sure I'm at the right spot, put my fingers down near the tape. And the ground feels, the floor feels like really wet, like more wet and sweaty than normal. And I'm thinking like, wow, I must be really nervous or like sweating extra. And then I'm thinking like, why, why, why is it so thick? Like, this is really gross. And then all of a sudden, well, it shouldn't say all of a sudden, because it took a little while. I think a few more balls got thrown and then someone says medical timeout. And I'm like, what? Who's hurt? What's going on? Come to find out, mm. I had been bleeding all over the place and I didn't even know it. Oh, wow. Yep. That's crazy. Where were you bleeding? From? My broken nail. <laughs> oh. So listen, I don't even have nice nails because I play goalball. <laughs> I don't do my nails. There's no having nice nails when you play goalball. But I was like, well, I can't go down. I can't be known as the person who stopped playing because she broke a nail in the semifinal or final match. That's not happening. So I'm just like, okay, I'm not hurt. It's fine. But you're blindfolded, right? You're, you have your, your eye shades on. And so I don't really know what's going on. I, do, I have no idea how bad it is. In fact, we uh, patch our eyes under our eye shades in, in competition these days too. So I've so I just have no idea. I can't use any vision that I have. And they're telling me like, there's blood all over the floor. It's all over the ball. We're going to have to clean everything up and change the ball out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get a delayed game. I'm going to know I'm going to get a penalty. Everyone's going to think, you know, I broke a nail and I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not that kind of person. And, but luckily again, very fortunately, I wasn't injured enough. It was just a broken nail. So we taped her up. We didn't, I don't think we ended up getting a penalty and we were able to go on, go on with the day. So it, it, the, I think the weirdest thing for me was I didn't want to delay the game, get a penalty. I didn't want to be known as the person that stopped playing because of a broken nail, but I was also like really curious what all I was trying to imagine what all the blood looked like. And I don't know what that says about me, but I was like, this kind of sounds kind of cool, kind of brutal. <laughs> and it kind of, it, it kind of just reinforces that this would be a great game to televise. Like, why is this not over TV? People would eat this up. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I guess I can categorize you as a person who stopped playing because you broke a nail because uh, I haven't seen you at a tournament in I don't know how many years. So Ouch. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't competed much in the last few years other than our nationals tournament. I've just been busy. I've been busy working on podcasts and television shows and things yet to come. So I've been busy, but I'm trying to come back this year. I'd like to come back to Michigan, depending on when it is, maybe Montreal. Are you going to Montreal this year? I am going. I will be in attendance for sure. I love that tournament. I know that you're a person that likes to give back to you're part of the, what is it? The New York Association of Blind Athletes, right? Yes, I am the president, actually. You are. I had no idea. Yeah. Yes, I'm the president. I've been the president for a while now, actually, maybe since like 2016-ish. Um, and so 
I am the president of the organization. I am uh, the women's uh, head coach, and uh, my assistant coach is uh, Alvin Suarez for the women. And then, um, obviously, the team that I play for, uh, whether it's the New York Empire or the New York Knights, I'm kind of like a player coach uh, in that situation and just trying to continue to groom younger players to be uh, great athletes and so they can take over for me in the next few years. And so I could just kind of kick back and focus on music and still, you know, go out there and bust ass when I play. So yeah. I love it. It's you kind of sound like me in that you're a busy person. And, and for me, it really helps keep me out of trouble. So, oh, yeah. you know, not eating too many edibles and falling on into Ubers. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's you know, it's a life. Uh, but, you know, I, I love what I do. And, and that's what I really surround my life with is uh, really gold ball music and family. Like that is, that's all I really care about at this point. You know, especially with the climate of the world, you see everything is just, it's crazy. Uh, you know, from all of the battles that's have, happening overseas to things that's still happening and in my home country with uh, racist police and, and you know, just a system of oppression. Like, I'm very much so a deep person. And um, I know that I can't change the world, but I can, I always tell people if I can take a little slice and change that, then hopefully the people that I've affected in this little slice that I, I had can go on to change something and, and they can have a little slice that they change. And then maybe one day we can effectively make uh, a huge impactful change. I think that's amazing. I knew that you were an impressive person, but I had no idea that you did so many things and that you felt so passionately. Um, so it's just been really nice to get to know you on a, on a bit of a deeper level than running into each other at gold baller tournaments and then maybe the little parties that happen when we don't make it to the semis. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. I've been at a lot it's of, kind of It's kind of like the <laughs> consolation prize when you don't make it to the semis or the, you know what I mean? You don't have to play on the final day of the tournament. You can kind of go out and enjoy the town and have a good time. So. Right. And then catch up with friends. Like the one thing I love about gold ball in itself is that, you I've I've built a connection with friends around the country, around the world. So it's like I feel like almost wherever I go, I have somebody where it's like, hey, can I crash on your couch for the night? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and then vice versa. Like guys come out of from out of town to come to our practices and they come and they crash on my couch or they crash on one of my teammates' couch because it's like we know each other so well. It's like we're almost like family. And it's like to have that sense of community, you don't get that too often in life, you know? Uh even in like the industries that we work in, like with, with yourself, with TV and, and film and stuff like that. And now the podcast, like you don't get that sense of family. It's just like business kind of like, oh, well, uh, it's great to see you, Jenny and blah, blah, blah. But it's like you can't just say, oh, I'm going to L.A. this weekend and I know I can stay with uh, my friend Jessica down the block. You know, like I could go to L.A. right now and call five different people and be like, hey, I'm in town. Can I crash with y'all for one night? And I can stay in LA for legit a week and just crash with a different friend who plays goalball because we're like family and they trust me and I trust them to all to keep everybody safe, if that makes sense. No, it's really true. I've not made any kind of 
connection that that even comes close to matching what I've made in, inside the goalball community. Like it's it's totally unmatched and I couldn't agree more. And what I'm hearing is that when I come visit New York for the first time, I'm going to have a couch to crash on and <laughs> <laughs> I've got actually got a whole spare room if you ever come to Halifax. So and really, again, good to see you, yeah. Jaron. I'm just going to keep calling. Does that bother you? <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's refreshing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Before we go, we got to know, how can we find your music? And just before, even before you tell us, I have to tell you, your shit is some of the best stuff on my workout mix. That's where I primarily listen to your stuff is on my workout mix. But where can we find you? Where are you? Um, so I am on all streaming platforms um, at j.dollaz. Um, so that's J Dollars. And, and if you want to follow me on social media, um, I'm primarily on Instagram. You can also follow me on Snapchat. Um, and that's J Dollars Music, no space. So J D O L L A Z M U S I C. And that's on um, all like social media platforms, whether it's like Twitter, um, Instagram, Snapchat, but I'm primarily on Instagram and Snapchat. Um, and then if I like you enough, you can follow me on Facebook and that's just like my real name. Um, but I do have like a fan page on there, which is also J.D.O.L.L.A.Z. Um, and, you know, let's connect. Let's let's talk. I'm on YouTube. Also the same thing, J Dollars Music. So. Um, I'm pretty sure Jenny will drop those uh, links in the comments somewhere um, or in the description section and just click on those those links and follow me and let's connect and maybe I could jump on your podcast. If you follow Jaron J Dollars on Instagram, I have to warn you: be prepared to number one, get a like kind of really cool taste of what goes on in the studio. We get some little snippets of that. And also on occasion, I don't know if it's you cooking, sir, but you show off these amazing spreads of food that just make me want to be there and sample <laughs> all of the food. So be prepared for that if you follow him on Instagram. Okay, I should bring the food thing back then because I, you know, I go out to these restaurants and I always like be posting my drinks, but um, and like the food that I'll be eating at these restaurants, but I do actually cook as well. Um, I just made some great salmon the other day. Um, and so I will, I will bring those things back. I'll bring that more to the light. Okay. So you're making salmon when I crash on your couch. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I'm, I'm, I got it. I want to thank you so much, Jay Dollars, Jay Ron for being here. It has been really nice to chat and you're even cooler and wiser than I than I thought you were. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on the podcast. And I look forward to uh, coming on in the future with some more things. I got some music coming out next year. I haven't put out a project in a while. Um, I have put out some stuff on YouTube, like videos, uh, just like freestyle stuff. But um, I'm actually gearing up for the top of the year. I've been doing a lot of writing. So I've been out in Miami working with a lot of reggae artists and different things like that behind the scenes. But um, I will be putting stuff out on the forefront pretty soon. And um, I'll say this on the air. So it's in it's etched in stone. But I also say this off the air. 
um, if you are working on TV shows and uh, films and stuff like that and you need uh, production like uh, instrumentals or different things I do produce now so I do make uh, beats if you need like filler filler songs or different things like that uh, let me know and we'll we'll connect and make it happen thank you so much for listening and watching and thank you for subscribing on YouTube has something you've done a million times before gone completely sideways because of a lack of eyesight i want to hear from you i want to hear your stories so get in touch you can add a comment on youtube or send an email to podcasts at ami.ca you can even give us a call at 1-866-509-4545 one more time the phone number 1-866-509-4545 just make sure to mention low vision moments in that message please and thank you come and follow me on instagram and the TikTok. Find me there under Uber Blonde 4, U B E R B L O N D E, and the number 4. The following people make this podcast possible. Mark Aflalo is our technical producer. Ryan Delahanty is the podcast coordinator. And manager at AMI Audio is Andy Frank. Until next time, my good friends, this thing had better be recording video. It had better be recording video. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.